Hey everyone, welcome to Fireside with Affinity. I am your host, Sheila Teresa, and my hope is that you will find your answers to all questions related to migrating to Australia. In this episode, we are going to talk about skill assessment. You'll hear from Bin as he explains about what skill assessment is all about, who needs it, who assess it, and some tips to make sure that you are equipped for your applications. Hey Bin Feng, before we start, this week's podcast questions. Just want to ask you, are you currently doing any interesting projects? That is a good question. Um, probably the most interesting project we're doing right now is we're collaborating with a recruitment firm to find nurses uh, to work in either medical centers, aged care facilities, uh, or hospitals. And this is exciting for us because we're specifically looking for uh, nurses who are here on a temporary visa and hopefully you know they can be sponsored by the employer uh, and you know that might lead to permanent residency so we we have a because we are migrants ourselves you know we do have a special passion to help migrants uh, also in this country especially when it comes to finding work it's not that easy yeah wow that sounds very exciting i hope that you do find them very soon we, we do have a good list, uh, a, a good number of people that have expressed interest. And now we just need to, I guess, put them in front of employers. Mm, cool. All right, let's jump into our questions for this week. Um, so this week we're talking about skill assessment. So what is skill assessment? A skills assessment is basically a recognition of your qualifications and work experience for the particular, uh, I guess, occupation that you are applying for. And you don't have to do this for all the visas, but for most visas that involve um, employment or a demonstration of your skills, this is a necessary thing that you have to do. Right. So who needs skill assessment? Mostly, I, I guess people who fall into two different categories. One of those is people who are being sponsored by an employer in Australia. Mm. And the other one is people who are applying through the general skilled migration program. Right. So are they mainly students or it can be just any professionals? It can be any professional. So if you are looking to come to Australia, uh, let's just say um, as an engineer, mm. then the authority on that is Engineers Australia. Mm. So let's just say I got my Bachelor's of Civil Engineering in China. And then now I want to migrate to Australia as a civil engineer. And so I have to go to Engineers Australia and say, can you assess my qualifications to to see if they are equivalent to a civil engineering degree in Australia. And also, can you assess my work experience to see whether they are in line with what I have studied? Mm. And then they will give me a letter at the end of that to say yes or no. Mm. And if it's yes, that's fantastic because I'm being recognized as equivalent to a uh, civil engin- engineer in Australia. Yeah, but another thing is, if you have already have the qualification why do you still need skill assessment isn't that self-explanatory yeah so uh, we do we do get asked that a lot basically not all qualifications globally are the same or to the same standard australia has quite a high benchmark i think when it comes to um education Mm. and and that is why a lot of international students come here because they recognize the value of australia's uh, qualifications worldwide right um and so for example um let's just say china may not have the same 
level of requirement when it comes to an engineering degree compared to what Australia might have. And that's why you need to assess just to make sure that, you know, mm. someone in China has um, studied all that they need to compared to someone in Australia. Mm. Yeah. But what about for just a normal students that just graduated in Australia? Um, you still need a skills assessment because it's, I guess it's a requirement of immigration law, but for them it's a lot simpler. Mm. For them, you know, they just submit their paperwork and because they study through an accredited university in Australia, mm. it's very straightforward for them. Mm. Right, okay. And so how much does it cost for a skill assessment? And I assume that this is not included in your um, in the fees for applying for, like, say, permanent residency. No, skills assessment is a different fee, uh, and unfortunately, there is no single fee that I can give you because there are so many different skills assessors for different occupations, and they all charge a different amount. Mm. So you know, I can probably give you a range, and the range would probably be somewhere from five hundred to fifteen hundred. Wow, that's um, a huge range. It is a huge range, and it probably reflects the diversity uh, of the different skills mm. assessors. Mm -hmm. So who evaluate um, the skill assessment? Um, like say, you know, we apply, like you said before, an engineer applied to Engineers Australia. Who in Engineers Australia evaluate? And is it even fair? Normally from our, our experience and our interactions with the skills assessor, they always allocate the cases to someone who has relevant experience. Mm. Now, normally, th that is what happens. We are yet to come across a case where it's been allocated to someone who has no experience in that area at all. So to a certain extent, your assessor would be expected to have relevant knowledge to mm. your occupation and to your industry. Right. Can you tell us some examples of a qualification and the assessment body? So we have mentioned before, there's an, for engineers, there's Engineers Australia. What about for other occupations? Yeah, that's good. Uh, accountants can either go to CPA or CA. Mm -hmm. uh, chefs can either go to Trades Recognition Australia or someone called Veraces. Mm -hmm. um, nurses tend to go to APRA. Mm. and another organization called NMBA mm. um, and then you know doctors they have the medical board uh, dentists have the, the the dental board so it really is quite uh, broad mm. and and IT people tend to go mm. to um, ACS mm. so th there's quite a range mm. yeah so that means that there are more than one assessment body for uh, different occupations Yes, there there are a lot of different assessment bodies, yeah. and and that's um, that's a tricky part actually because sometimes you know uh, when you're looking to see where you should be assessed, it's not as straightforward. For example, with with IT, not all IT occupations end up going to ACS. Mm. Some of them might in fact go to Vedasess. Mm. So it, it's important that you. Um, you pick the right occupation and you pick the right skills assessor. Yeah. And what makes you pick that particular one? Well, you, you don't have a choice. Mm. You just have to make sure that uh, you know who the skills assessor is and then you apply through that proper yeah. body. Yeah. But if, let's say, I fail through one, can I apply through the other one? Well, it doesn't have... 
it doesn't happen that often. Accounting is probably one of the unique ones where you can you have uh, up to three. I think IPA is the other one that can assess it, but CA and CPA are the uh, are the two most common. So if I go to uh, CPA and I don't get the results that I thought I would get, then you know people do go and and try CA to see whether they get the results there or not. Mm. Yeah. So you do can uh, sorry you. You are allowed to do that. You are permitted, you know, to to get an assessment through a different body. Yeah. Yes. How do you prepare for skill assessment? Um, so, with skills assessments, a lot of them, you know, the, the common factor is um, your qualification. Mm-hmm. And some will assess your work experience, but not all of them are interested in assessing your work experience. Mm-hmm. So qualification, make sure that, you, you know, you've got things like your academic transcript, your letter of graduation, make sure all of that uh, is in order. Make sure you read up carefully on what their requirements are. Yeah. Some of them are tricky. For example, um, teachers, right? Teachers are assessed by an organization called AITSL. And... Uh, what a lot of people overseas may not recognize is that you need from memory 45 days of supervised teaching practice as part of your degree. It mm. must be embedded uh, or included in your degree. Mm. A lot of overseas countries won't have that. Mm. And so that disqualifies you in many ways. Yeah. So read the requirements very carefully Yeah. and, and make sure you provide what they need because they do not have an obligation to come back to you and ask you for more documents. Right. So they can just make a decision based mm. on what, what you've given them mm. and then that's it. Mm-hmm. And then you need to either appeal it or reapply mm. again. Mm. I guess it really depends on different assessment body as well because I remember for my own, um, I applied as a scientist through VetAssess and I remember that the assessor actually called me and asked me, can you explain a little bit more of what you do? And actually the assessor also called my employer as well for the experience um, that I included in the application. That's a really good point that you've mentioned. You know, if you are including uh, a, an assessment for your work experience, make sure that your referee is someone that is contactable But more importantly, make sure they are someone who is aware of what you do. We have seen so many skills assessments refused because they've put down the details of just the general HR department Mm. who may not know the person. And when the skills assessor calls them, often, you know, the person on the end of the phone might be, oh, yeah, I think they work here. Or I don't actually I don't know what they do. I don't think they do that. And then that's when you get problems. Mm. And then it's it's very hard to try and overturn that, that decision. Yeah. But also, you know, just because skills assessors don't have an obligation to call you back doesn't mean that they don't. You know, I've had fantastic experience lately with um, Engineers Australia and VetAssess. Mm. Both have been so good. They've sent us an email saying, can you clarify these bits? And often what we do is we work with a client to say, you know, let's address these a little bit more. Can you explain this a little bit more? Mm. And the outcome is often quite positive. So, mm. so I'm very happy that actually, you know, we still do get skills assessors that contact us uh, just to, uh, you know, ask for clarification. Yeah. So I assume that your your work includes um, helping people writing up their 
work experience or do you just check their work experience and submit it? Normally what we do is we give them a template. Basically, you know, a, a template is what we refer to as the skeleton. And it's for them to go away and um, add the necessary information. Hmm. We don't write it for them because at the end of the day, we don't know enough about what they've done in their work. Yeah. So what we normally say is, you know, go away, talk, show this to your employer and say, this is what you need for skills assessment. And hopefully, you know, they can put the an information you need on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. So um, you said before that once they refuse, that's it. So I assume that you cannot appeal for those results. You Uh. you can appeal and often skills assessors will give you certain time frames. Mm. Um, There are other skills assessors who who have multiple stages. So for example, if it's been refused, they will call the first one a a review. And then if you don't like the review, you can go to an appeal. Mm. Uh, Not all skills assessors have the same structure but certainly most of them will at least offer you an opportunity to provide uh, feedback or to ask for some sort of a review of that decision. Mm-hmm. And do you have to pay extra costs for that? Yes, always. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> um, so do you, what do the SSS norm- normally look for? Um, that's a good question. And again, it's one of those where each skills assessor almost looks for something different. Hmm. But I guess if I were to provide a a very general uh, view of what they look for, it's probably, firstly, the qualification. Have you covered all the subjects that someone in Australia would have covered studying the same course? Hmm. If it's for work experience, have you done all the tasks and duties that someone in that occupation would be expected to do Mm. as per the official uh, description Mm. of that occupation. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the way they approach it will be different. Mm. The way they scrutinize it will be different. But that is a a general guideline on on what they would be looking for. I mean, other things outside of that would be, you know, is the document genuine? Yeah. Uh, that's always a big question. Yeah. And I assume that you can get all this information from each assessment body's website. You you can. That is often a, a really good source of information. The information that you cannot get from there is what we would call um, experience. Mm. And what that means is because obviously as, as an agency, we've dealt with different skills assessors um, over time. And from there, we, we learn that you know, actually when they're asking for this piece of information, this is what they really mean. Mm. Um, and so, you know, for us, that's where we go, uh, okay, we when we're asking a client for this information, we then explain to them, this is actually what it really means. Mm. So when you're providing us something, make sure that you've understood what the requirements are. Mm-hmm. So if I have two qualifications, first obtained, overseas and second here in Australia, can I get both assessed? You may not need to get both assessed uh, or you just may get the better one assessed, Mm. right? So if, for example, the one in Australia might in fact be uh, cheaper to assess Mm. and will definitely get you over the line, then you just do that one. Mm. 
in some cases you might need both uh, assessed it again it really comes back to the occupation and the assessor mm -hmm. yeah and so can i can i also do two different uh assessments sorry two skill assessments for two different occupations we have been asked that uh, question quite frequently uh, as of late the answer is yes you can but you need to be very cautious for example let's just say an accounting degree i graduated in accounting i know full well that i can be assessed as a general accountant a management accountant or a taxation accountant based on my qualifications i can be mm. that's not the problem the problem is if i'm trying to also get my work experience assessed then i need to be very careful if i am putting my if I've already done a skills assessment as a general accountant and I put forward my work experience as a general accountant, then I decide, actually, I want to qualify as a management accountant for application, they can report it back to immigration. Don't forget, they have all your details. They've got your passport. They've got things like that. So once they report it to immigration, immigration can keep a track of whatever you submit to them. Um, and then the issue becomes quite serious if they suspect that you're providing fraudulent documents. Yeah, I see. So that means you really have to be like consistent with whatever that you are supplying your applications. Yep. Great. So I guess that's the end of our talk today. Um, so thank you for coming again. Thank you for having me. And um, yeah, I guess, you know, there have been some interesting updates also on Australia and, and COVID. So head over to our Facebook page uh, if you want to know about uh, how Australia is going with COVID and what that means for, you know, visa holders. Mm -hmm. Cool. Thank you. See you again. Bye. I hope you have enjoyed listening to this episode. Applying for skill assessment can be confusing if you don't know what you're looking for. I hope this episode has provided some meaningful information that you can use to help you in your journey. If you have further questions, please email us at info at affinitymigration.com.au. We would also love to hear from you if you want us to cover a special topic. Thank you for listening and have a great day.